piece, and then we'll get into it. Okay. I uh, pulled over so I can uh, maybe have a little bit better sound. For that you. sounds good now, so we'll keep good. our fingers crossed. <clears throat> it's one of the things, radios as, as just... You probably hear this a lot. I know I do. Uh, the, the the cell phone technology, just about anybody you talk to anymore on the radio is on a cell phone, and it's a really hit-and-miss proposition sometimes. Yeah, I think it depends on your signal, yeah. Yeah. Like the digital recorder that's on my cell phone is an app. I can get pretty damn near studio-quality sound uh, on a, in a pinch if I need to record something. Hey, Abby. I've noticed this a couple of times. We need to make sure those promos don't air during the morning show. What wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't you think? I mean, doesn't that make sense? Wouldn't we not want a morning show promo during the morning show? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Good promo though. Whoever done it. Been some interest in this stuff this morning. What's that? Been any interest in this, the Grandstand stuff? Today? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, this, this to me is, here we go. Sarah Grinstead's sister told me by text, quote, she is extremely disappointed about the delay. This is a big win for Ryan Dukes, a defense team. It had requested a delay from the Supreme Court just days before this trial was to start. That's Tony Thomas, our man in Osceola. Tony Thomas, Channel 2 Action News in Atlanta 916. Now Classics today, sponsored by Dr. Paul Brown, MD. Tara Grinstead, jury selection. The trial scheduled to start Monday. Will not. The state Supreme Court intervening wants to look at an argument about evidence. Again, Tony Thomas at Channel 2. Duke fired his public defender and is using the three Metro Atlanta attorneys who are all working for free. But Duke says he has no money to pay those outside experts. I think it means that they think that this is just as important of an issue that we think it is. 800 potential jurors were due at this courthouse beginning Monday to ultimately decide whether Duke killed teacher Tara Grinstead in 2005. He allegedly had the help of a friend to burn her body in a pecan orchard. But we probably won't get a decision until the summer. The Georgia Supreme Court has said at least the first set of oral arguments on this case for May 7th in downtown Atlanta. Prosecutors say they were ready for trial, but understand the decision. All right, 917 now, Classics Today. Tony Thomas here, Channel 2 Action News, reporting from Osceola. Uh, joined now by legal analyst Phil Holloway. You hear Phil on our sister station, WSB in Atlanta, the mothership. Also, the podcast, highly recommended, Sworn is the podcast, deals with these true-life crime stories. I've been saying all morning, Phil Holloway, first of all, thanks for joining us on short notice this morning. I've been saying all morning, and I don't know, you tell me if I'm overstating this. I've been talking about how big this could potentially be. Uh, what we have now is my right to a lawyer, and, and we've always had that. You have the right to a lawyer, and if not one, if you can't pay for it, one will be afforded to you. Now we're talking about my right to a certain quality of legal defense. Not only do I get the lawyer, I'm saying I ought to get, at state expense, uh, the very best of legal analysis, forensic testing, all the rest of it. I, I see this as a potentially landmark decision, either at the Georgia Supreme Court or even maybe someday the U.S. Supreme Court. This is a much bigger deal, Tim, you're right, than, than the facts of this particular case. 
and it does involve very important legal issues. This is all tied to the Sixth Amendment right to counsel, and we all know that you've got a right to a lawyer, and of course you can't afford one. We'll be appointed to, as we all know, from the Miranda warnings that we have seen and heard on television for our whole lives. But there's more to it than just having a lawyer. In this particular case, Tim, everybody agrees, even the judge agrees, that he's entitled to these monies. Okay? You, you can have the best lawyer in the world, but if they don't have the resources they need, you still cannot mount a defense, and therefore you would have been effectively been denied the assistance of counsel. If your lawyer doesn't have the tools that he or she needs to, to defend you, then you may as well not even have a lawyer. So the, 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 the funding is sort of uh, un inextricably sort of in, intertwined with the right to counsel. So so everybody seems to agree on this, but what they can't agree on in this case is who, if anyone, is going to pay for it. You know, in Georgia, the public defender's system that we have is, is not uniform throughout the state. Uh, not every county has a public defender's office, for example. In Irwin County, they do. And in that instance, if, if you elect to go with the public defender and you need experts, then there is money in the state budget for expert witnesses and investigators to actually have some of those investigators you know, on staff. So you would have access to that. But ironically, if your indigency doesn't change, it's not like you win the lottery, but if someone comes along and says, okay, I'm going to represent you for free, and, you know, you would have the right under the Sixth Amendment to, to accept those services. But you, your indigency hasn't changed. But ironically, what's happened is you might have basically forfeited your right or your access to the state monies by, by doing that. Now, this is a very unique situation in, in Georgia because not all counties operate this way. In counties where they don't have a public defender and they appoint private counsel, if that private counsel needs money for experts, they simply go to the judge, like the defense team did in this case, and they ask for those public monies to be appointed. And they are routinely granted, those requests are. So um, you have sort of a just a weird quirk in this particular case that has highlighted this um, Hobson's choice that people might have to make. Do I accept the services of these lawyers, or do I stay with the one that I don't want because then I can get the experts? All right, here's the part that fascinates me, is I don't know why we haven't heard this argued before. Or is there precedence on this, Phil Holloway? There's not really, uh, I think this is a case of first impression, to be honest with you, because you don't have this come up that often. It, you know, it's not like every day where you have these trials, that not all trials require expert witnesses. Not all trials have issues like presented in this case where you, you know, have the largest case file that the GBA, I think, has ever had. So, of course, they need investigators. So you have the sort of all the circumstances coming together that we've never seen before. You have uh, someone who is still indigent to has accepted the services of the outside counsel, but he still needs the state resources because there's just so much at play in this particular case. The Supreme Court basically said, wait a minute, before though we get to those issues, there is one preliminary issue that the court has to address, and this is specifically what's going up on appeal for now. And it's not really the funding issue. The, the defense in this case has used a rarely used mechanism. It's a special type of emergency appeal that's grounded in the Supreme Court's equitable jurisdiction to basically jump in and do the right thing. So the, the first question, though, is does this emergent, emergency basis, this type of an appeal, does it 
uh, need to remain in existence in Georgia, or do we need to eliminate it? Because it's not based on statutory law. The legislature did not create this avenue of appeal. It was done by the Supreme Court itself in a decision a few decades ago. So there are people who would argue that because the legislature did not create this equitable type of emergency appeal, then it should not exist. So that is the first question that the court has told the parties to show up in Atlanta in May and be prepared to argue is, should people still be allowed to appeal in this way? All right, Phil if, Holloway. If the answer is yes, then they're going to move on to the other issues. Uh, Phil Holloway, and it, it, fascinating stuff, and I'll wait and see how the Supreme Court handles this. I want to quickly move on to one other quick topic dealing with the uh, the the case here, the Ryan Duke murder trial down there in Osceola. I'll let you go on this one. Uh, the, the question of where we're going to have this trial. Absent all of this, the jury selection would have started Monday in Irwin County. I have made this observation before. Cobb County, they're going to try Ross Harris up there in that hot car death case. There are 800,000 people in Cobb County. They couldn't find 12 to sit on a jury. They had to move that case to Brunswick. There are maybe 10,000 people in Irwin County. How on earth do they expect to find 12 people there? I don't think they can. And even if they did, I think that that is an issue that may very well be reversible error in the event of a conviction. You know, I'm from down there, and I can tell you there's only about 10,000 or so people in that county. And back in 2005, maybe half or more uh, were personally involved in the actual search. People that went door-to-door, field-to-field, to Congress, looking for anything after her disappearance. So people down there were personally affected by this. And so it's going to be very difficult to find a local jury, in my opinion. All right, Phil Holloway, again, you hear him here. You hear him over in the sister station, Mothership WSB in Atlanta, and his podcast, Sworn, our real-life crime stories. Phil Holloway, thanks for joining us on short notice this morning.